Okay, okay, we are now live. I'm excited about today's broadcast. Um, I'm excited about um, our conversation. I have been excited about um, this topic for quite some time. Um, I want to wait to see we're going to get some more people to um, come on so you guys can like and share. Um, again, welcome to the Hill and Praise podcast. Amen. Um, there she is. Well, I'm trying. It doesn't look like I know what I'm doing. There we go. Hi. Hello. Great. Okay. You guys, um, I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves um, here in a minute. Um, okay, there we go. So that we can um, get to know one another. But I'm excited about um, today's broadcast. Um, like I was saying earlier, I have really been um, really, really thinking about this topic um, because some of the things that have been going on over the past couple of weeks, um, some of the people that I have been counseling and seeing and um, some of the things that they have been going um, through. And one of the things is evolving. Um, and I touched base with um, both of you ladies. Um, and the word evolving keeps coming into my spirit each time that I sit down with different um, people and especially with relationships and uh, friendships and children. And I want us to really, really dive into that and talk about it. But first, I want you guys to introduce yourselves um, so that because uh, you guys have never met. Um, I've just now um, Angela, me, I just talked to Angela what last night. Um, and it feels like I've known her for more than just last night. So um, I appreciate you for joining us. And then Stacy, Stacy is my um, sister friend, and uh, we've known each other for. Um, I'm not gonna say because I don't want to give away our age. Amen. Oh, I'm proud of him. I'm <laughs> well, now Angela looks familiar. Angela May, are we able to say last names? I'm Angela Wilson, and I think you are Stacy, Sonya's sister. So I'm sitting here like, I think that's Stacy. It is. Oh, my God. You are great. Pastor Brianna, do you remember she sings like an angel? Oh. You, you have to. But anyways, we'll get to that. Hi, okay. it has been years. Hello, it has beautiful. Been. It so has we're been not so really strangers, but things have changed. We have evolved. Exactly. So. Exactly. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm yes. super excited now. Yes, I know God is in this space. Yeah, I am excited myself. I know. Her I smile am. gave it away. Her <laughs> smile. Her smile. Well, that, is, that is what yes. made me remember that I know her. But anyway, wow. I'm sorry. I digress. Go ahead. I, no, you're fine. You guys, so you guys already know each other. I so am. That's wonderful. Yes, I so met Stacy years ago. So she came uh, and sang to me at the hospital when Furious was born. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. And he has to be like 20 now. 29. Oh, my goodness. That is ridiculous. So, yeah, I kind of gave my age away, but it's okay. I'm I'm up there. I That's wasn't right. 14 or 13 when I had him. Thank you. It's okay. God. We're cute. We're cute. <laughs> 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 wow, that is wonderful. I'm glad, you know, God has a way of bringing people back together again, doesn't it? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad you guys know each other. Hopefully, maybe, maybe Sonya would um join us. Oh yeah. And and jump on. 
She may be working though. She's been working. I spoke with her on yesterday and I think she is because she didn't have time for me. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, well, that's funny. So we're going to go ahead and start talking um, about our topic. So we are talking about comfortable with strangers, being comfortable with strangers. And I remember when I when I posted it, I got some questions about it. Um, and some people were wondering, what does that mean? What do you mean comfortable with strangers? And um, again, like I said, the word evolve uh, kept popping in my spirit. And uh, when we really sit down and think about it, um, we all evolve. You know, no one stays the same. I pray you don't stay the same. Um, as as years go by, we all change and we evolve, hopefully, into a um, higher um, self, a better self. Um, we get wiser. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. the majority of us get wiser. Um, and then we have these different relationships that we're in. Um, you ladies are married. I'm not. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Stacy is just newly married. Amen. And that's funny. It's mm-hmm. funny. Uh, side note. So it's funny, um, Angela. So Stacy's husband seems to her. Oh, nice. That is something. Oh. Yeah, I have to pay him. <laughs> That we all. <laughs> oh gosh! So I was, I was when I was sitting down and I was thinking about comfortable with strangers. Uh, I thought about my children. Mm. They were the first um, people that popped up um, in my spirit. And my daughter Naraya uh, was one is is the child that God takes me through and teaches me lessons with. And I can remember that um, Naraya was going through a phase of turning into someone that I did not know. And I did not like her. I didn't like my daughter because I didn't like who she was becoming. And I can remember God dealing with me and dealing with me with love and telling me how I had conditional love for my daughter. You know, and, and I said, no, I don't. I don't have conditional love for her. And he said, you do. Because you have this idea of who you want her to be, and that's not who she is. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to learn to love her mm-hmm. as the person that she is becoming. And so she went from being my sweet little girl holding my hand to being this um dressing, not like the little girl that I pictured in my mind. Um, my daughter hates dresses. Um, and she didn't want to wear a hair out. She just absolutely hated it. You know, she was just everything but what I had pictured for her. Um, and so she had became totally different, a stranger. She was like a stranger to me. Um, and it wasn't until God showed me that, Hey, you need to take the limits off of your love for her, Mm -hmm. love her as she becomes and allow her. And that's the thing, allow her to become who she is. Oh wow! How old right. is she? Um, at that well, she's eighteen now. But at that time, when she was going through these different changes, my daughter probably was about eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. Even you know, with the the child aspect, with Furious, and with him being an adult, um, and we were bumping heads. Not so. I think it started probably his latter teens. 
But I was still treating him. God had to show me that I was still treating him like that son and even the way that I was talking to him. And, you know, God had to reveal to me that you can't talk to him the same way. You can't Mm -hmm. talk to him like he's a little boy, but your expectation is for him to behave like a man. Mm -hmm. And so my prayer had to change. And it was like, Lord, teach me how to be the parent or the mother that he needs at this stage of his life. So I had to, and that, it, it took me a minute because I was so frustrated and I felt like we were growing apart because I felt like we were super close and it was hurtful and I became angry. So once God had to show it to me, you can't talk to him like that and still expect him to be respectful. You're putting pressure on him. You're going to cause him to act out. So I had to adjust because we don't have control of anyone else mm-hmm. anyway. So I had to adjust so I can get that with the conditional love. We have to, it goes back to, I guess, meeting people where they are. Mm -hmm. I think we love how we see a person instead of exactly who they are. Even it, we can transition that to relationships. Sometimes women fall for who they see a man as or who Mm -hmm. they see that they can be the potential Potential. and not who they are. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I can definitely re- relate to that scenario, <laughs> that conditional love. Yeah. yeah. On many levels. I'm from a totally, I'm, I'm actually taking notes from you two ladies because I have 11 and a 13 year old. So they're at the age where I'm seeing the changes. And again, like Stacy, I have a tendency to see them as children mm-hmm. and feel like I need to do everything for them. And then when I pause and remember what age they are and step back, I realize that they know how to do a lot of it. They let me right. do it because I do it. But when I right. step back, they take care of it and do it even better than I could do. <laughs> so they yeah. really have grown into these little adults. And they're very, very, um, I, I, I hate to go into the boasting. My husband always tells me, you know, stop that. But um, they're really good kids. And I think it comes from the fact that I married late. And I had them late. So I had one at 37 and one at 39. And they are truly like small adults. They don't they don't do any of the crazy stuff. But their personalities, just getting to know them and trying to make sure that I allow them to be who they are without without my um, preconceived notions of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, That is very, very hard. So yeah. as, as Brianna was saying, I had a tendency to, you know, my daughter, I was a Barbie doll, prissy, everything, girly. I don't want to get dirty. My daughter's a total tomboy. Get out there, run, sweat, you know, please don't, you can, you can do my hair if you want to. I'm going to sweat it up in like about three minutes. Um, she likes the ponytail. Don't let her hair hang down. She is, she has hair like forever. Mm. Um, she has nails that grow and won't break. You know, all the things that we want and all of that mm-hmm. is just such a headache for her. Um, but she, she I, I'm having to go through that process of getting to know who they are because really our children are born as strangers to us. We have an idea of who they are and who they're going to be. But unfortunately, when they become adults or when they start making choices, sometimes you realize that they are not at all who you thought they were. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to the school sometimes, now I haven't had this issue with mine, but I know when I was in education and in the classroom, I had so many parents that came to me and I was the, I constantly heard, you know, Johnny wouldn't do that. 
And I'm like, Johnny is the ring leader, baby. He is the main, he's the one. He's the main one. And 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 you just talking to these parents, I realized that they had no idea who their kids were. And I thought that was something that was just um, individualized, but really that's everyone. You don't know who your child is when they're away from you. You pray that they're going to follow what you, tr you instilled in them and they're going to follow what you set up for them. But they have freedom. God gave them free will. So once they right. get out there, oftentimes when people see their kids and they see them and, and they don't see the parent, they're looking at them like, who is this person? Right. Because they had no idea that that was their child. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, when um, you talked about being comfortable with strangers, if you're a parent, you're always trying to be comfortable with strangers and trying to learn them and trying to understand them and trying to give them grace. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um, trying to put away all of your expectations because it's mm -hmm. not about your expectations. It's totally about who they are and who they choose to be and whether or not you are willing to, as Brianna said, I really think that we are incapable of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. I know people say we should have it for right. our children and for our mate, right. but honestly, when your child goes out there and does something that just blows your mind, you still love them, but it's a different place. And that, that you could say that's not con that's unconditional that's not unconditional because that's conditioned on you doing what's right and being a good citizen and being a good person and being kind but we are people we're people so we we're not like god god is the only one with that agape love mm -hmm. so everybody that comes into our life is a stranger we we tend to let people in and expect so much from them um, because we expect us, as I was talking to Brianna, we expect who we are. We mm -hmm. expect that loyalty. Right. We expect that um, confidentiality. We expect that courtesy that we extend and that that given spirit. And everybody doesn't have that because when you meet these people, they are strangers. And mm -hmm. six months into the relationship, they're still strangers. Mm -hmm. There are parts of them that is still uh, they're still strangers. And you when you start seeing those pieces, sometimes you feel like, did I ever know you at all? Mm -hmm. But yeah, we have to just constantly remember that we're coming in contact and allowing we're constantly interacting. And then when you marry, you marry a stranger, you mm -hmm. marry the representative and right. you pray that the real person is going to be close to the representative. But you always date a representative. Mm -hmm. So really, you marry a stranger. You give birth to strangers. Mm -hmm. And then you everybody else that comes into your life is definitely a stranger. I think the only person that you feel a full, if you're blessed with a good mother, you're a mother that is there for you and supportive and loving and kind, then that's the only time that I think that you feel that you have somebody in your life that is not a stranger because you know they know your faults right and you know they know everything about you and they still love you mm -hmm. and that person is probably the only person that you meet in life that's not a stranger even yeah. you know you you the longer you get to know them if you marry if you're married for years um they start becoming not a stranger but still sometimes they'll do something that you're like really Mm -hmm. Now, I want us to talk about um, 
marriage, I want us to kind of um, go into that whole phase because I counsel um, a couple of couples. And um, I, what I have been finding out, because this is my belief and this is what I really stand on, is that I heard um, one something that blessed my soul was when I heard someone, a minister, um, they were going and marrying some uh, this couple. And in, when he was uh, reciting their vows to them, uh, he, he asked the um, husband and he said, are you willing to love several different people? And I thought that I thought that was really good. I said, wow. I said, that is really good. Wow. That's wisdom. Yes. Are you willing to love several different people? Because the person that you marry today would not be the same person that you will roll over beside 10 years from now. Because every 10 years, for one, we all evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, over course, the course of time, you're just going to evolve. You're not going to think the same way. You're not going to act the same way. Your motives, your motivations are not right. going to be the same. And so what do you do 10 years later when you roll over beside your spouse and the the very um, passive, very quiet person is not there anymore, but now you have a person who is very vocal, uh, speaks their mind, and um, is very um, authoritative. What do you do now? What do you do to with the spouse that um, um, doesn't even dress the same? You know, because what they what do they say? Men like Christ, midlife crises um, that men and women go through. What do you do? Um, and you know, because as the um, the description says, it's easy to be obligated to someone that you call friend and that you love, but it's hard to be obligated to someone you now do not know. Wow. Well, as the baby in marriage, I'll, I'll, I'll take that little hit first because I know wisdom is going to come after Angela. But a couple of things that, that Angela mentioned that actually tie into what you just said. She said something that made me remember my grandmother because I love the elders because they give me so much wisdom and half of it, I didn't understand why she was telling me because I was so young, but it was things that she knew that I would need. And I jotted down a couple of things while Angela was speaking and she was saying that, um, you know, we love with an expectancy to be loved the way that we love. And I, it made me remember that my grandmother used to say, and yours probably, some of your relatives probably said the same, everyone wasn't raised in the same house. You mm-hmm. don't have the same morals, the same principles. And so it, it makes me think of that. I can't expect you to give me necessarily what I give you because I'll be disappointed. That is why you love, you know, or you do things without the expectancy of them to give it back. You give freely. And that, that could go to, to material things. It could go to love. You want them to love and you have to use wisdom and and watch people's actions, in my opinion, because they speak louder than the words that's coming out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so and and tying that into with the husband thing, um, Tyler Perry said something similar, Brianna, when you were saying what is was the pastor asking if they were willing to marry several people. He said something profound and I have never forgotten. It was about you need to know a person to see them through their five seasons that was happy, sad, angry, broken with money. 
And it kind of goes back to the same thing that you were saying about the several different people, because I know even in the few months that I have been married, I have changed because circumstances have changed. And you have other factors that, um, you know, affect who you are, mm -hmm. like being away from everyone. Um, you know, my son still thinking about him and how he's doing all of my friends, family, everything, because I had like three major life-changing events all at once. Mm -hmm. So I'm not that bubbly or giddy person that he probably married. He, he sees someone that is quick-witted, to put it nicely. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really short, you know, my answers, and it's just, an, it's like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so funny because last night he was saying that he thinks he's been catfished because he hasn't seen any makeup. And he said, put your eyebrows on. And, I, <laughs> I, and with me, I'm like, because you said that, it'll be another week before I have a face. Thank you. So <laughs> you're right. There's so many other factors that change. You know, I have friends who have been married and because they are their workplace have changed. So there's distance. There's so many other factors that affect the love, the love language. Oh my God, it goes on and on. And, and, but how do we do that? I think communication is the key. A good counselor, you have good counsel knowing who your circle is to help you because it can blow your mind, all the changes. And you can get someone who's, who's not biased. You know, mm -hmm. someone that can give you a fresh perspective instead of just that tunnel vision that we can get in getting our point proven. It's not about necessarily who's right and who's wrong. It's about the end results. So mm -hmm. I think keeping that in mind and knowing that, like you said, evolve is the is the best fitted word for that, because you're going to evolve. You're going to change individually the marriage, your needs, you know, your wants, mm -hmm. you know, everything. You know, even you, even if your health or as I, you know, mature, my body is changing. And so some of that can affect who you are and your delivery, your response. I think I have a, a lot more patience. I think that I am slower to speak and to listen. And some people, it's different. I've, I've some, some older people are so quick to say whatever comes up, it comes out. So some of that, I think, also goes into who you are, your own character. But because I try to speak in love and I'm very careful on a spiritual level, I think that weighs heavily on our delivery and how we handle ourselves also. I think that mm -hmm. governs a lot of it. So, but yeah, I think communication continually, noticing the changes, talking about them and being open about what your needs are or, and some of it is heavy. Like I heard him, I'll probably put some makeup on Sunday. That's just me being rebellious, but you have to hear them. You can't just dismiss it because it's, it's, it may seem small or silly to you, but it might just be a big deal to, to them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, I, you know, when we when we when we think about things like that, um, a lot of marriages have broken up because of the evolution of these one spouse mm -hmm. and the other. Ha the evolution of them has caused some trauma or some um, residue or past hurts or and has opened wounds that never have been tapped into before. And so I was listening to you um, talk and I was thinking about. Um, I heard a situation where 
um, a lady had lost a lot of weight. She once was heavy and she lost a lot of weight and the husband could not, uh, the husband could not um, um, appreciate the new version of her because now here you have this lady who has all this confidence and um, where she wasn't getting attention before, she is now getting attention. And so the husband had to really um, sit with his emotional um, stuff and some of the residue of what he had went through prior in his life to marrying her. Mm-hmm. He was comfortable with his wife. He, he, you know, he, he thought she was beautiful, but he didn't think she was beautiful enough to, to attract the attention while she was having, she didn't either. You know, they were just comfortable mm-hmm. loving one another. But now here it is. Here it is. She's lost the weight. She's got confidence and she doesn't dress the same, you know. And so he was having a really hard time. And um, his thoughts began to go into, um, is she cheating? Um, all this attention. But then when he, um, to, be, to begin to dig into what he was really feeling and what it was really um, resonating with inside, it was he came from a background where beautiful women that he loved to date did cheat on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but that was his, and that, that can be a whole nother show. When mm-hmm. we talk about people's type, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can date your type, mm-hmm. but your type may be a whole monster. Right. And so, um, you know, so she evolved into being someone else. And so he had to really get um, some help for the issues that he was dealing with. But a lot of marriages will break up over the evolution of this. Yes. And just to add on to what Stacy said and what Brianna said, um, you have to have God in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, even if you're not, as they put it, a holy roly, you have to have God in there because there are times when really, there's so much chaos going on around you. All you want is to get out of the whole situation, the whole scenario and find a peaceful place. Yeah. And oftentimes people find another person as that peaceful place because that person doesn't encapsulate all of the issues that this person that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. When you go to them, it's, it's a getaway. And you have to find a place where you can give that to God and allow him to to bring you two together as you go through life's crisis, because you're going to go through some stuff. If you're going to stay with someone for any amount of time, you're going to experience some things that you never thought you were going to experience. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying about all these people that you meet and all these strangers. When I when my mother passed, my husband met so many different people (laughs) when my mother passed i went into a shell this extroverted wife became a total introvert this super social woman became totally antisocial um depression and was like at an all-time high and those are things that i've never ever even known Mm -hmm. so for a large period of it um brianna and i were talking when you're in a, the area of counseling, you know what's going on with you. You can you can say what it is. You can put the title on it. You can do everything except fix it. Wow. You still can't fix it. So I could tell you all day long, this is depression. I'm falling into something and this is really, really serious and I need to talk to someone and, and this is taking a hold on me because this is not my personality anymore. But if you're not into the, 
the counseling areas, you may just think, you know, this is a sadness. I need to get out of this sadness. And getting out of this sadness oftentimes feels like mentally, if I can just get out of this place, if I can just step out of this relationship, mm -hmm. if I can just go into a whole, and it's funny because th at that point, you kind of want to be with a stranger. That's when you want a stranger. You want somebody that doesn't even know about your baggage, doesn't even know what's going on. You don't want them to be sorry for you. You don't want them to, to deal with any of that. You want to just pretend like that's not going on over here. Let me lay it down for just a moment and just breathe. And that's also when, you know, going through life's crises, this, this is when you are so vulnerable to looking outside of the relationship if you don't have God as a foundation. Right. And then your vows have to be, as you go through life situations and you see your husband change and your wife change and their bodies change and their attitudes change. Um, when I was walking around here, as Stacey said, with my hair a hot mess because depression, you're not really going to the beautician. So <laughs> when I'm walking around passing by mirrors, like, wow, really? He was still like, hun, I love you. You want anything? You need anything? So he wasn't seeing what I was seeing. He wasn't seeing what anybody else would have seen. He was seeing, I believe, his commitment to God. And he was seeing his commitment to his wife. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I know what she can do. I know what she can look like. Right now, it's not quite what um, I signed up for. But I know if if we need, if I needed to get it together, you know, I know, I know what it can look like and what it can right. be. Mm -hmm. So you need that. And then also, as Stacy said, you need a good counselor. You need somebody you can, it's wonderful to talk to your mate, but sometimes you have to talk to your mate and sometimes you have to talk about your mate. <laughs> so you mm -hmm. need somebody to talk to. <laughs> and you don't want to be out there all willy-nilly talking to people right. about your marriage and about right. your issues. So you do need a good counselor. Communication is everything. Um, and it's a very, very careful dance between speaking your heart always. When something's bothering you and irritating you, you have to speak it, but don't speak it in that, in that moment. Don't speak it hastily. Don't speak it when you're upset. You have to let it out, though, because if you hold it in, it grows so much bigger right. inside you and so once you get that out it makes you feel better because then you've handed it over to him and he can either do nothing with it or he can fix it but yes. you've allowed that information to get out of your head and now it's on his plate to handle but you do have to be careful with your words because your presentation decides if this is going to be you know an argument that lasts a week or is this going to be a learning experience? Mm -hmm. And that all comes in your presentation. So mm -hmm. that communication is so, so big. But you do have to have someone to talk to, not only him, but someone else that you can talk to and just bounce ideas off of. Because sometimes they can tell you, you know, you overreacted. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they can tell you, no, that's a real issue. No, you don't need to let people do that to you. You don't need to allow him to, you know, things that you're questioning, maybe I'm, you know, being a little bit too tough on him or what they'll let you know. No, you're not. That That's your expectation. And there's nothing wrong with that. So you do need someone that can kind of listen to you and give you guidance in and point you one way or the other. And you need someone here. As I was telling Brianna, we pray and we, we get 
messages from God all the time. But it's nice sometimes to get a message from a person Mm-hmm. Right. that actually tells you, girl, I, I totally get it. Yeah, mine did the same thing yesterday, honey. And what we did was, um, mm-hmm. it just helps to know that somebody else is going through the same situations and know I'm not ready to throw him out with the bath water. But <laughs> let me tell you how I screwed mine up yesterday. So <laughs> you need that. You need that. And yeah. and, and and this this type of forum is awesome because there's, there's not a lot of information out there to tell you how to do it. You know, right. coming into marriage, I had no clue how to do this. I didn't come out of a two parent home. Um, I hadn't seen a lot of marriages. I didn't have a lot of friends that were married. Um, so I didn't have right. like a blueprint of how this was supposed to go. And mm-hmm. I made the mistake um, because I married late. I was on 10 as far as the, with the, taking care of Angie, being self-centered, pack a suitcase and hit the road. I was like, you know, just totally me, 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 me. (laughs) So I knew when I got married, I was going to have to dial it back some. Mm -hmm. And instead of dialing it back to five, which if somebody had told me that they would have said, no, 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 don't go all that way. Just, just maybe about five, go in the middle of the road. I went all the way to one. Mm -hmm. And totally just, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to pick my battles. I'm going to just, you know. And one day I woke up and was like, I don't even know this lady. The stranger was in the mirror. And I didn't like that. I was like, no, no, no. Uh Uh-uh. We don't. uh Uh-uh. You you have an opinion. You have, you know, you have your ideas of how you think things should go. I need you to voice. You know, this is not what we do. And, And so you need forums like this where people can listen and say, okay, so I'm doing a little too much. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm doing the right thing, but I'm doing a little too much. Or maybe I need to take it back a little bit more. You know, some people get married and they only dial it back from 10 to nine. That's mm-hmm. not going to work. So yeah. you really do have to kind of find a happy dance when, especially with African-American women, because a lot of times we don't have a lot of references for dealing with things because we don't tend to talk to each other. We don't share our issues oftentimes with each other. We don't give a lot of guidance to each other. And then a lot of us aren't into therapy. The churches tell you, you know, just pray to God, you don't need therapy. Um, And that has always been, you know, a big area that I've always just, no, 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 you need therapy. You need God and you need therapy. And it doesn't it doesn't say I don't trust God to handle it. It doesn't say, you know, anything negative about your relationship with God. It just says that you have sense enough to know that you need to talk to someone here. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And people telling you that there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. um, It helps. It helps to hear it. Yeah, Yeah. it does. Yeah. And it really does. I was listening to you talk and what was coming to my spirit was a lot of what happens within the breakdown of relationships, whether it is your marriage, whether it is between um, friends, whether it is your uh, family or your children, is that do we really value relationships? Mm. You have to value relationships. A lot of times people will value the, the, your, your doing, your actions, but they don't value the actual relationship. The relationship, that means that even if it's a friendship, I take a vow meaning for better or for worse. That's right. Um, 
you know, through richer or through poorer, um, yes. through sickness and in health. Yes. I value the relationship that even as we grow together um, and you change and you evolve and things change within your life and, you know, you go through bouts of depression or you go through bouts of stressful situations and things that seems like life is overtaking you and it seems as though you're changing and, you know, you're not the same um, my, you, you seem to be a, a total stranger. You're not the same girlfriend I could just go to about and just tell anything to. You're different. You're not in that same place um, right now. But because I value the relationship, I don't easily discard you. Ooh. We discard mm. people easily. Value the relationship. Because what happens in evolution is that we will evolve and become better. But the one thing that never changes about us, if you're already in a good spot, is your heart. That's so you true. can change that person, but your heart, I still know. That's true. I still know. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I value that. Um, I, it's not easy for me to disregard you. And when you think, and you, you spoke about keeping God at the center, you know, when you have a relationship with God and before any relationship, and you value that relationship and you understand how important it is for him to see you in relationships, um, then you are always going to refer back to him in order to keep yourself in right standing with the person that you are in relationship with. Because sometimes it's not always them, you know, some, a lot of times it's us and how we handle the evolution of those that we're in relationship with. And it can be hard. It can be difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, and then there are times, do we actually have relational um, intelligence to know that sometimes some relationships are not for a lifetime? And then how do we handle that? How do we handle when things shift and, and God is saying, okay, that's that's this, this season with this is up and handle it with love and care and still value the relationship where we can split, but there's no animosity. There's no love loss. We just understand right now, God has us on two separate paths. Mm -hmm. But then what do you do with the relationship that you know that no, you're married. This thing's supposed to be to life, to death do it part. You know, there are some God ordained relationships that you know God said to death, do you part? That's and so true. how do we handle these things, especially when people have turned into strangers and um, it seems as though we are becoming offended and our hearts are being hurt and um, we don't know what way to, to, to go. You know, how do we um, stay anchored in those seasons? And when mm -hmm. do we know, just like a marriage, when do we know to separation sometimes is good and we'll come right back? You know, I can work on both of us. Go ahead, Stacey. Uh, Stacey. That's interesting because you and I had a conversation the other day and we were talking about, I can't remember how it started because, you know, we're all over the place always. But we we got to the point where we were talking about the, the tough discussions with friends. And sometimes you may say something that you don't like. And I, you and I have had disagreements. And I remember saying to you, not to sound arrogant or cocky, but I had confidence in our relationship that we were strong enough that we'll come back. It's like we had a disagreement, but you, know, you will be fine. And we have had life changes where we have gone like a year 
and not spoken. And some of it, yeah, we may have been a little angry and some of it, it was just life and things kept happening, but we came back. And I always remember the lifelong friend thing and then seasonal friends. But when you can come back and have a discussion and it, it's like the love is still there. It's not that I not lost love, but a lot of it is our maturity. And we were talking the other day about spiritual maturity. And it, it's tough when one grows spiritually and someone else doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's a friend, if it's a husband, if it's a sister, it's going to be a challenge there. But the person has to want it. Like I think Angela mentioned that, you know, God gives us a choice. A person has to choose to want to be different. They have to choose to want to hear you. And when we change for the better, I think we have an obligation to say, hey, sis, that's not right. Or, hey, honey, whatever. But as she's Angela said, again, timing is everything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there is a time when God will tell you to be quiet. You have to hear. And, and, and he may be telling you, no, not now. I know he's spoken to me. Not now. He's told me to. I mean, we talk differently. I hear him. He knows how to get to me. He's like, shut up. Because <laughs> that gets my attention. Shut your mouth. Go walk off. I've had to go for walks because, <laughs> because my, you know, she was saying that she went scale back to one. God deals with me on the level because I've always said what I felt. And it's not always delivered in the right way. So he has to tell me to zip it because I have never held in anything. But my delivery, the person will miss the point. They will miss it and they will just hear the anger. Or they will hear the whatever and miss something. It could be the most important thing that will change their life. But if you don't give it at the right time in the right place, it's going to be missed. Mm -hmm. So we have an obligation to kind of hear from God and know, OK, not now. Or even if we take the spiritual aspect out, which because everyone is not there. OK, mm -hmm. learn the person. If I know you, if I've taken the time to study you and know you as my friend, she's not in a good place. She's not going to hear me now. So you wait until you know them and say, okay, now she can hear me. It may be the next day, two weeks. Well, sis, you remember this? And I, I, I knew that you weren't in a, and I have learned to ask people even at work. Uh, Cause it was one lady, they, again, you know, I say what I have to say and people don't always like it. And I have forgotten about it. I came back to her and Bri Brianna, you can attest to this. It was five minutes later and I was <laughs> talking and I noticed that she was a little clammy. When I said, you okay? I see, are, are you in a good place to receive? No, I am not. I said, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> so she was still a little upset and I had gotten over it because for me, once I get it out, I'm good, but that's not everyone's story. It may that's take right. someone a day. One young lady, she told me that deliberately, she said, I didn't talk to you for two weeks. I was angry with you. I said, I knew it. And you were stubborn. I said, well, I'm glad you're back. Mm -hmm. I missed you. You know, <laughs> you have to meet them where they are because everyone is different. But if you take the time, like you said, that if you value the friendship, you have learned them. And I don't know how you can be around someone and not for me anyways, you know, um, yeah. I can tell even if like with our children, but I guess that's, that's maybe that's innate. It's, it's just in us that mm -hmm. you can hear in their voice. You don't sound right. What's going on. It can yeah. be that you're slow, you're dragging your energy. I can't explain it. You just know. Yeah. Um, and with that same token, some people, I am, I'm still learning me. You know, you're saying strangers. It's a lot of stuff that has been brought to my attention that I dismissed it years ago that I'm, I'm learning me like for a defense mechanism, shutting people out or 
dismissing them quickly was my defense mechanism. Like you, it's not, I don't even know if it was that I didn't value them. That's the way I dealt with the hurt or the disappointment or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was just for a season then. And mm -hmm. I brushed it off. I use real life and real knowledge, you know, still to brush it off because it is true. Some people are seasonal and some of those people probably should have been there. I don't know, a little bit longer and I brushed them off, got rid of them or whatever, but that was a defense mechanism that I'm, I'm still learning not to do now because I'll put up a wall. Mm -hmm. I will put up a wall like it doesn't matter, it doesn't hurt. And you have to be careful with those defense mechanisms because once you put up that wall, you don't want that to become your permanent stance. That's right. You know, it's like, I can love you and don't want to lose you. But now how do we get back? As you said, Brenda, how do we get back? So we have to be careful with that. And it still comes back to me, to that communication, but it's timing. It's when the person is in the zone, but you do have to get it out. Maybe a letter. Everyone receives things differently. Definitely not text because that can be misconstrued. Serious text message. I mean, uh, conversation shouldn't be held via text, but mm -hmm. sometimes a letter, voicemail, you don't know, but it comes back to communication for me. But when it's right, when the person is open, yeah. And they may not be. That's the that's the that's the hardcore fact that you may have to face. They may not get to that place to be able to. But at least you can try. That's all you can do. And say, well, honey, you know, I'm sorry, but this is how I felt. And and I'm sorry if you disagree, but I just had to let you know and just be OK that they may not get it. Yeah. And I think we're living in I, I, I said all the time we're living in such a time where text messaging and um, Facebooking and all of this is so common versus a, a phone call. And mm -hmm. so when, it's time, when it's time to have those important conversations, people are finding it hard to articulate their feelings. Um, mm -hmm. I was speaking to someone the other day and um, when I'm a, a client and listening to them talk, and I said, you're having a very hard time articulating yourself. And I said, someone has told you um, to shut up. Mm -hmm. And then she said, how did you know? I said, because you are having a hard time expressing yourself. And I said, a lot of times we grow some, and again, we can take it back to childhood. Mm. And I mean, I can, I can attest myself and God had to whoop me, knock my head up against a wall um, because we can be so busy as parents going, going, going that when our children are coming to talk to us, we give them the, we might not say it, but we give them the impression. Shut up. Mm. I hear it. And so in those years where they should be learning those skills, we as parents are the ones hindering them. So when they get into these relationships, they find it hard to um, cultivate healthy ones because they don't know how to express themselves or they are afraid to express themselves because they might lose a friendship. And, mm. so, and so that's how you find kids growing up to be very unhealthy adults in these very toxic uh, relationships. And it's like, you don't even, you didn't even come from that environment, but in reality, they really did. Because mm. you put, uh, muzzles on them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're trying to find acceptance. Um, and so they're grabbing at whoever will accept them. Mm. That's good. Wow. That's some good. All of that was good. Oh my goodness. Oh, Okay, so you said so many profound things that I would, I would mention, but I, I'm wow. Um, something you said about do we really value friendships, and you were talking about how 
we sometimes, um, if we really, really value friendships, it's almost like a marriage commitment. It's almost like a marriage vow. Mm -hmm. And I found, uh, like I was discussing with you, I found that I, in my personality of being a loyal person, when I developed friendships, I expected that type of commitment. And that is not something that's across the board. That's not, that's actually, we're unicorns. Um, <laughs> but that's not across the board. A lot of people, you know, friendships come and go. They, you know, we have all these slogans, you know, people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. If, mm -hmm. if you're out of my life, you know, you, you gave me the scissors, you know. Um, yeah. There are so many cute little memes to go mm -hmm. with letting people go, you know, okay, peace, whatever. But when you really, really care about people, we have a tendency to feel like it's rejection when a friendship falls apart. So we don't try to repair it. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, personally, my mother was like my world. So she was my friend. So my other friends were just extras. They were incidentals. They were optionals. And I never um, really leaned on them or really uh, she was such a strict mother. <laughs> I didn't have the chance to, to get to hang out and, and, you know, do all of this interaction with them. So literally once she passed, those that were really trying to be there for me, just kind of looking at their style and their ways of doing things sometimes threw me off because I really didn't know them. Mm -hmm. That they were, they were just associates but I considered them friends because we've been friends for so long, mm -hmm. but I hadn't taken any time and put any energy and probably hadn't put the value on those relationships that I should have. Right. So as they fell off just with um, me being more introverted, more antisocial, more not answering the phone, more not approachable, more not intentional, mm -hmm. um, as they fell off, I just kind of, Oh, okay. I haven't. Oh, yeah. And, and and Stacey was saying how, you know, her coworker was like, "Yeah, you haven't spoke to me in two weeks." I literally thought that when I hadn't spoken to somebody in a couple of weeks, I wouldn't even realize it. <laughs> and so when they when they you know when they finally came back and they've been through like two weeks thinking that I'm processing, you know. <laughs> I'm just kind of dealing with life, but I didn't even realize that they were in my A. And so when they start telling me, well, I know you were wondering why I hadn't called. And I'm thinking to myself, mm, what? No, I wasn't wondering, no, but go ahead, tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I didn't know, baby. I'm sorry. But yeah, <laughs> that showed me that I probably didn't value. Um, and that's something that I just learned in this moment. I probably didn't value it like I should have because I should have a day or two or three. Right. Um, felt that that missing piece, you know. Wow, I haven't heard from such a thing in a while. Mm -hmm. So that shows me that I may not, you know, I, I'm guilty because usually we can find our part and stuff. We really want to find it. We usually don't want to, mm -hmm. but we can find our part, and that's my part. I don't fight for it. I'm not really a fight for a relationship person. Yeah. If it doesn't work, okay, fine. Um, and that's just been my personality always because, like I said, as long as I had my mom, everybody else was okay. Mm -hmm. You you know, they could go or come. Yeah. But then when she went away, it was like total silence mm -hmm. because my world was gone. And there were people still calling and still trying to connect, 
but it wasn't her. So it was total silence. Mm -hmm. So all of that is just, that's, you're taking me on some trips about some things and don't not discarding people because I don't really kick you out of my life, but if you leave, I don't go running out. And sometimes maybe yeah. you should. Sometimes you you may need to at least try to find out the reason mm -hmm. behind it. Then if it's something crazy, then you can go ahead and exit. But if yeah. it's not, it may be something that I did. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes what we got to always remember is that the enemy, especially when we're talking about um, God-ordained relationships again, the enemy never want God-ordained relationships to stay together because he knows how powerful you are together. And so if he can yes. get you to um, separate and divide, then he is um, he knows the damage that you will cause on his on him and his kingdom on the gates of hell. Um, and so when he can get y'all apart, he knows you can't operate fully and effectively apart. And so because your assignment is to is to be together, then he's like, I'm going to do whatever I can. Um, I'm going to throw all kinds of stuff in your way. I will cause um, what you went through in your past to pop up and them to do something and remind you of your past. And you're not subconsciously, you don't even realize this is something you're looking at them through prescued um, eyes, um, mm -hmm. through unhealthy eyes. And you're looking at them and unconsciously you're saying, just like my mama just like my mama or you're saying i knew it i just was waiting on it and you're not subconsciously this is what you're doing and so um and the enemy knows he knows you he studies you and because he studies you he knows what to throw at you the problem right. with us is we are not staying um abreast of things because the bible tells us that he doesn't leave us ignorant to sense devices so if he doesn't leave us ignorant then if he also says that his people perish due to a lack of knowledge that means we're not studying that means we're not on our job um right. and we're not fighting like we're supposed to because we, we honestly we really do know who's supposed to be there forever we do um yeah. and because we do um, it makes no, it, we, we don't have an excuse not to fight for those things. Um, and some people say, well, if it's meant to be, then it'll be sometimes, um, there it is meant to be, but sometimes you are going to have to fight for it. And it's not just because you're fighting, um, for just for the relationship, but you're actually fighting for your identity. You're fighting for, um, your territory. You're fighting for, um, those that are attached to you and your assignment and, right. and about you. So sometimes God is wanting you to fight just so you can be humbled and not be so complacent and not take people for granted. Cause sometimes we'll take people for granted and think they're going to always be there. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's not the truth. Um, and, and so a lot of times God is wanting us to look at ourselves, look inward. What is it? And, and I mean, it's elementary, but, at the end of it, what could you have done to make the situation better? Yes. And that's a good point. What can you do? That's a good point. I always, I've learned to, with disagreements, um, I always say, well, what did, I, I look at it, I do a self-assessment. Self, a self you know, did I say something that caused this or that, you know, um, because I want to make sure that I'm right. And mm -hmm. so, but one thing that I have been big on it and I wanted to make sure because that pride can get in the way. You want to make sure you're not speaking from a prideful place. 
I would always say, well, no, I don't think that that was it. But again, you have to know, I hate to say your opponent, or you have to know who you're dealing with because what's, you, you guys probably aren't going to be in the same place. What you're sensitive about, they it, it, it's nothing to them. You know, and, and they may not even be aware of that. That it's just like, okay, well, that couldn't have been it because that's silly, you know, or whatever. But to that person, it is a big deal. So I think we have to take the time to look at it and put ourselves in some other old school in that person's shoes or their position, you know, or if we know them. And, and you may not know the person that well. Again, we could go back to a coworker, you know, a little hint of them, but you don't know you know, a lot, you know, but I pay attention to triggers. I try to, and, and I pay attention to triggers, not to set people off or trying to learn triggers, not to set them off, but how to keep peace. Right. But you have to be careful, but a lot of people learn who you are and they use that to get to you. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, we have to make sure, and they may be doing it, like you said, unconsciously, they Mm -hmm. don't know it. I, I have a friend and the person knows that they're, sensitive in the area of liking attention. Mm -hmm. So they're deliberately ignoring them. So you have learned this person and you're using that against them. You're using it as a trigger to get a certain reaction. We have to be careful that we're not being the ones used and manipulated to cause a rift. You get what I'm saying? So I always do a self-assessment first when there is a disagreement. And I'm not too big to apologize ever. And even if I don't feel like I did something wrong, I try to say, and this is where I was saying, I hope the pride doesn't come in. If what I said hurt your feelings or how I said it, that was not my intention, you know, because a lot of the times, most of the time, I pretty much mean what I said. You know how that that cliche is, I said what I said, but that's Mm -hmm. nasty. You don't say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) But most of the time, I meant it. Let me stop you right there. We're going to have, uh, let me stop this recording and we're going to pick right back up. If you ladies got at least 20 more minutes with me, I want us to finish up. Um, so let me stop this so we can, because I want us to be able to finish up. Give me one minute. Okay. okay.